welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 351 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Unpopular Podcast, I'm not really asked you to agree with me. I'm asking you to hear me out. It feels good to be back, man. It feels good to be back. Uh, I went on like a two week or a week and a half or something like that break. Uh, it was my birthday, so I went out of town. I appreciate all the birthday love for people that did know it was my birthday. Um, I pre- appreciate the people that's been really going crazy on the like watching and liking my content, especially the whole Hall of Fame reel on Instagram. It's, it's been kind of crazy. But I appreciate you guys, and it does feel good to be back, and I'm happy to be back. This The theme of this episode, and what I'm going, the, the root of this entire episode is value, and how you can quantify value, how you can see value, and what value really means in certain situations. Like I said, I've been gone for about a week to two weeks, and I haven't really been able to talk about this running back versus the owners or or the pay discrepancy between the running backs and other positions. I haven't really been able to talk about that until today. And of course, this was all pretty much spearheaded by Saquon Barkley. Threatening to hold out because the Giants gave Daniel Jones a new deal and not Saquon Barkley. Now, it's more on not giving Saquon Barkley the deal. It's not really about Daniel Jones until it is. And let me let me explain. Like I said, the the, the under the under the, the the root of this episode is going to be value. And when you see that two very important pieces of your team are up for new contracts, i.e. Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, you have to ask yourself, who brings the most value to the team? Who brings the most value to a situation? And the Giants decided that Saquon that Daniel Jones was more important as far as securing a deal than Saquon Barkley. So, of course, they gave a deal to Daniel Jones, which, in my opinion, was a drastic overpay, but we'll talk about that in a second. And they tried to franchise tag Saquon Barkley, which then Saquon Barkley wasn't trying to sign the franchise tag. It was a holdout situation. Uh, there was a big call about running with running backs. I know Josh Jacobs was on it, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, just, just to name a few were on the call. Which then, <laughs> Saquon Barkley ultimately signed, what, a 10-year, or no, $10 million one-year deal uh, with a million dollars worth of incentives. However, I don't know if he's really going to hit those incentives because even on his even in his best year, he hasn't hit those incentives. And it is kind of predicated on the Giants making the playoffs, which I don't know if that's going to happen or not. So the fight has been, well, the running backs fight, 
right, has been for respect and quite kind of equality as far as pay when we talk about other positions. The running back is one of the, one of the least paid positions in the NFL right now. And when you see people that have produced gigantic numbers on the field, yet their pay doesn't really doesn't really resemble that. That's when you get frustration. That's when you get a Saquon Barkley situation, a Josh, a Josh Jacobs situation. That's when you get the running backs starting to demand for more respect as far as in terms of payment. Today, I'm going to give you both sides. I'm going to give you how I feel in the running back position and how I feel with the ownership position as far as giving money to running backs. As a running back, as a football player, I understand the need and want to get paid for your services. It's not just football. It's anywhere. If you do a service, you expect to get paid. And if you will do a service, a service exceptionally better than somebody else, you expect to get paid more than somebody else. And when you look at some NFL teams, not all, of course, but some NFL teams, their best players are running backs. When you look at the Titans, your best player is Derrick Henry. When you look at, I don't know. When you look at the 49ers, you can argue that the best player is either Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuels. Uh, Of course, the Giants, their best player is Saquon Barkley. For a while, the the Raiders' best player, most consistent player, has been Josh Jacobs. Austin Eckler, uh, outside, of course, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler has been a very important piece to the, the Chargers' success. So as a running back, you want and you feel you deserve and you should every I mean, the NFL is the only sport where one hit can end your entire career. We've seen that on several occasions. And when we talk about the running back position, that hit can come faster or the hit is more likely to happen, of course, knock on wood, you hope that doesn't happen, but that hit is likely to come or is more likely to come for a running back position seeing as how physical that position is. So as a running back, of course you want, you know, you want to get paid for your services. You want to get that that security because you never know. And you see people like Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell held out for the uh, 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 held out with the Steelers, and you see how that how, what, what came of that. Players, especially running backs, want security and need security. I'm all, for, and I've said this several, several times. I am all for a player getting paid what they deserve. I'm all for a player getting as much money as they're willing to to offer. I'm all for a player getting their money because the owners do not play. 
The owners don't put their body on the line. They just reap the benefits from the players. So I'm all for players getting paid, and I do believe that the running backs should be paid more and should be valued more than they are. Again, when your best play, I understand that it's a quote-unquote quarterback league. I get that. But when your best player is not a quarterback, you and I've, I said this, I think when I was talking about Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, when your best player is not a quarterback, you want, you should, in my opinion, take care of your best player before the needs of the other positions because you want to lock down your best player. You want that sure thing. Every team needs that sure thing. And sometimes the quarterback, i.e. the Tennessee Titans, is not the sure thing. So if you're someone like Derrick Henry, who, by the way, Stephen A. Smith has been saying this for the minute, which is crazy to me. Derrick Henry has been the best running back for a while now. And I think he's only made like $45 million, which, of course, someone like me, that's astronomical. But someone like, you know, a football player, that's nothing. $45 million is nothing. And for a career, there's, there's players making $50 million a year. More basketball, of course. But there are players making upwards of $25, $30, $35, million, $40 million a year. And Derrick Henry, who has been, if you ask a lot of people, from my last episode, uh, a, short, a clear-cut Hall of Famer, making four in today's football is making has made like forty-five million for his career, which is crazy. I understand that this is a pass, like the 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 emphasis of passing is is stronger than ever when you see the quarterback play, when you see just how. The rules have leaned so heavily on the offensive side of the ball. I understand the lack of, I guess, acknowledgement or the lack of of want to when we talk about paying running backs. But as we've seen the as we've seen the elevation in the acceleration of passing you've seen a lot of running backs adapt like I said you've seen Austin Eckler is one of the better uh, catching running backs Uh, Saquon Barkley one of the better catching running backs Derrick Henry has turned himself into one of the better catching running backs Najee Harris one of the better catching running backs because that just it just adds another dimension to their game and it adds another dimension to a, a, a team. So I understand it, man. I understand the want and the need to want to be paid fairly for your compensation. And and uh, Nick Chubb said it best, man. The running back position is the only position in the NFL that your production hurts you. Your production, how good you are, essentially hurts your ability to get paid because the more runs you get the more hits you take the more yards that you get it just it, it it it's a wear and tear man the running back position is not a position of longevity because of just the physical toll it takes and when you have people that's running nearly 200 2000 yards a season 
but it's also is taking hundreds of hits. It 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 piles up. So I get it. I get it. I get it. I understand. And I side with the running backs as far as they should be getting paid more. They should be getting that I hate the franchise tag. I've said this several times, bro. I hate the franchise tag. The franchise tag while yes, a player still gets paid. And at the end of the day, that's what you do something for. You do it, of course, because you love it, but to get paid for it. However, the franchise tag does nothing. In fact, the franchise tag was pretty much made to help teams in the long term so they, because they don't have to pay a player for the long term. And it's very unfortunate that when you see the franchise tag, nine times out of ten, it's for a running back, which which enables the the team not to not have to pay, not have to let's see, uh, attach themselves to somebody long term or, or running back long term, because we know how damaging and how physical that that position can be. So I hate the franchise tag, man. The franchise tag does absolutely nothing except for, or actually, let me say, the franchise tag does absolutely nothing to help the the the, the player, especially when we talk about long term. All it does is pay. Yes, don't get me wrong. You get paid. You get paid for that year, but after that, it's a wrap. You get no long term stability. So I hate the franchise tag. I hate it. It, it 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 to me the franchise tag does absolutely nothing but show the player that the the organization does not trust them long term and doesn't want to doesn't want to pay them long term in fact i wonder i i don't have the research obviously here but i wonder the the percentage of players that when they get franchise tagged by a team return after that franchise tag is over like i want to know the percentage of players that get a new contract by that team after they get franchise tagged nobody wants to get franchise tagged it is trash it shows you that a team does not trust you and honestly doesn't really have you in their long-term plans a franchise tag is it's it's just a clear sign that you they don't trust your services long term. Yes, yes they want you, but they don't want to. They don't they don't want to attach their name to you long term because they don't know. Which is very unfortunate that most of the franchise tags happen to running backs. I believe the running backs should get paid more i think they deserve to get paid more i think they deserve to get paid especially if you're the best player i mean if you look at the giants saquon barkley is their offense when you look at the the hell you look at the um the browns nick chubb is their offense mainly yes we'll see what happens with deshaun watson but nick chubb is their offense when you look at the, the the Texans. Oh, not the Texans. The Titans. Derrick Henry is their offense. 
And it's crazy how I think the top two pay the top two highest paid running backs right now, I think is Derek no, Christian McCaffrey and Brees Hall. Who just finished his rookie year. Who now I think about it, whose rookie year got cut short because I think he had a, a an ACL injury or ACL tear. So I get it. I get the frustration for running backs. And I get I get the fact of wanting and not feeling um not feeling respected in the in the marketing field as far as payment and and feeling that you deserve more than your counterpart. I get it. Now it's time to play devil's advocate. Let me not even call it devil's advocate. Let me explain to you what the owners see. And let me explain to you why running backs probably will never get let me say this let me not say that let me let me reword it when you look at the last few uh, the last few Super Bowl champions the only running back of merit was Leonard Fournette. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to disrespect Cam Akers. I'm not trying to disrespect Isaiah Pacheco, who was a rookie last year. I'm not trying to disrespect any of them. But when we talk about a household name, Leonard Fournette is the, is the main one that comes to mind. You see, this is where the value comes in. This is where the value talk comes in. And this is the argument against running backs. Now, again, I'm for every single player getting what they feel they deserve and getting what they can negotiate. But let me, again, let me explain to you the thinking of the, man, the, of the owners, of the people cashing the checks. Look at the last few Super Bowls, man. Um, Super Bowl winners, the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco, who was a first round, who was a rookie. Uh, the the Rams, Cam Akers was terrible that game. Um, again, Leonard Fournette and the and the um. Leonard Fournette and the, the 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 Bucks. We talk about all the top running backs in the league. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry. Hell, he's not even on the team right now, but Del uh Delvin Cook, Joe Mixon, um, Nick Chubb. You know what? Let's talk about the teams that their best player is the running back position. I would say Saquon Barkley and the Giants, Derrick Henry and the Titans, uh, arguably Christian McCaffrey and the 49ers. You can argue Debo Samuels, but let's just say Christian McCaffrey. 
What do all of them have in common? None of them has played in a Super Bowl. Played in a Super Bowl. Maybe Christian McCaffrey. No, none of them has played in a Super Bowl. We talk about value. And as an owner, you're looking at it and you're saying, what are the valued positions in football right now? The quarterback position. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert just got paid. Running back, I mean wide receivers, C.D. Lamb, uh, or let's just talk about Super Bowl, Super Bowl attending wide receivers, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown. Odell Beckham Jr. It has not been proven that a, 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 a team that is led by a running back can win a Super Bowl. Damn near make, even let alone make a Super Bowl. We talked about Le'Veon Bell. That was the biggest hindrance to Le'Veon Bell's stance. When you looked at that Pittsburgh Steelers team, you still had Big Ben. You still had a Antonio Brown before everything went left. You still had Mike Tomlin, an incredible coach. You still had a very good defense. Le'Veon Bell was not the piece. He was a piece. He was not the piece. And that is why it was so easy for the Steelers to allow him to sit out. Don't get me wrong, man. Saquon Barkley could have sat out. It was it's looking like Josh Jacobs might sit sit out and hold out. But Quadis is kept even with them playing. I don't have the Giants winning a Super Bowl. I don't have the Raiders winning a Super Bowl. I don't have the Titans even making it to the Super Bowl. That is the that is the overarching problem with this stance when we talk about why the running backs don't get paid because it is not it has not been shown to be a valued position when we talk about winning Super Bowls. Think about it, man. In the history, some of the greatest running backs we've ever seen has not won a Super Bowl. Barry Sanders, LaDamian Tomlinson, Adrian Peterson, Derrick Henry. Now, yes, some have, of course. Like you have uh, Emmitt Smith. But Emma Smith also did play with Troy Aikman and, and Michael Irving. Look here, man. I get both sides. But until, and, and Ryan Clark did say this as well. So 
I'm not. This isn't the first. I'm not the first person to say this. But it is. This is an original thought. Until a team that is led by a running back wins a Super Bowl, or damn, hell, makes it to a Super Bowl, then it it then you're gonna continue to have the same fight that you're having. Why do you think it's not just it's not even just running backs, right? Why do you think there's been a fight for so long for mobile quarterbacks? If Jalen Hurts would have won the Super Bowl this year, that would have changed the narrative with of on, on mobile quarterbacks forever. Cam, if Cam Newton would have won the Super Bowl back in what 2015, it would have changed the way that we speak on mobile quarterbacks. There's a reason why the Ravens can play hardball with Lamar Jackson because they can look back and think some of the greatest, most of the greatest running. In fact, all of the greatest mobile quarterbacks have not won a Super Bowl. Yes, Patrick Mahomes can be mobile, but that's not his skills. That's not his strong point. We talk about mobile quarterbacks. You talk about Lamar Jackson. You talk about uh, Michael Vick. You talk about Cam Newton. None of them have won a Super Bowl. Two of them have not even been there. Going back to the running back position, Derrick Henry has all these numbers, man. Derrick Henry has a chance year after year to break Emmitt Smith's single single season rushing, rushing record. Yet and still, I don't think he's ever been to a, a, a AFC championship, a conference championship. Christian McCaffrey was putting up historic numbers in Carolina. Didn't amount to nothing as far as team winning. He went over to San Francisco. And they had a very good shot of making it to the Super Bowl if it wasn't for all of their quarterbacks going down. In fact, when we talk about it, we don't talk about how good Christian McCaffrey was. We talk about Brock Purdy going, what, 9-0. and The fight is not running backs versus owners. The fight is for, the fight is running backs showing their value and showing how valuable they really are. And when we talk about a league where it's more white and black than ever when we talk about getting contracts, does a does an owner feel like you can be the key piece to a team? Or let me say this. Does if does an owner if you're if you're asking for top rank money an owner wants to know, can you be the missing piece? Or not missing, can you be the piece to a championship team? Can you be the lead? Can you lead us to a championship team? Until we see that, running backs will continue to have this fight. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some incredible running backs. Najee Harris, you know, Tony Pollard, 
There are some great running backs. There are some great running backs that's not even on the team right now. Ezekiel Elliott. Like I said, Delvin Cook. Yet. Or I'll say this in closing for this topic. There's a reason why um, there was a Zoom call with all the running backs, I said. And there's a reason why a lot of the people are looking at the Saquon Barkley deal as kind of like a slap in the face to the fight that the running backs are having with the ownership and fight for recognition and fight for equality as far as pay. And people are like, why would Saquon Barkley take that money? And after being one of the loudest in the room when we talk about wanting to be paid. And my thing is, the worst thing a running back can do is hold out. Especially when a running back's years are not guaranteed. And the running backs have a very short football lifespan. The worst thing you can do is hold out, in my opinion. Because even if the team doesn't do well, they're not going to be like, oh, we need Saquon. Like, the, the whole Emmitt Smith situation was different. I know Emmitt Smith held out, and the, and the Cowboys were like, yo, we really need him. This is a different age, bro. You're more likely to end up like a Le'Veon Bell than an Emmett Smith. Yeah, and I remind you who Emmett Smith was playing with at the quarterback position and running or wide receiver position. Until a running back leads a team to a Super Bowl. I'm not saying you have to win, but leads a team to the Super Bowl. The owners will never look at them and think they deserve top-tier money, no matter how talented they are. Never. Because in the owner's eyes, why would I pay you like you're an, like you're an important position when I need money to secure the most important positions, the offensive line, the, the, the quarterback. And the biggest indictment and the biggest hindrance to running backs is when you look at the Super Bowl winning teams the last few years. Let's not even just do that. Let's look at, this, let's look at the Super Bowl winning team this year, the Kansas City Chiefs. Their running back was a rookie named Isaiah Pacheco, who was, I think, drafted in the fifth round, I believe. And was incredibly productive in the Super Bowl. So an owner is thinking, why would I pay you top-tier money when I can get a rookie to be very impactful in the Super Bowl when I have a I understand the fight. Not everyone has a Patrick Mahomes or a Travis Kelsey or a Chris Jones. But Quads has kept one of the one of the high 
One of the highest paid running backs right now is B. John Robinson, and he hasn't even played a professional NFL down. Until a running back shows that they can be the man for a Super Bowl attending at least team, this fight will continue to happen. It's about value. Speaking of value, let's move on. Uh, so Jalen Brown got paid. Jalen Brown got paid. Jalen Brown signed or signed a three hundred and four million dollar supermax, which is currently the richest deal in NBA history. When I when I read that headline. All I read is value. There is nobody, no one, outside of Jalen Brown's camp that believes that Jalen Brown is worth $304 million. Not even people on the Celtics organization. The only people that believe Jalen Brown is worth $304 million is Jalen Brown and his company. But it's about value. And you're only worth what you can negotiate. Jalen Brown getting the Supermax because he was on an all-NBA team. Which, it's all a trickle-down effect. If John Morant wasn't out acting crazy, do you think Jalen Brown would have made all? I don't know. And I'm not saying like he, I'm just saying I don't know. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. And he asked me where would I rank Jalen Brown, right? And he was was rattling off names like would I pick Jalen Brown over a Shea Gilders Alexander or over a Darren Fox? Or over a Anthony Edwards, and those are those are tough conversations to have, or no tough like a tough a tough answer. We know how good those players are. We know how good Jalen Brown is. But the story today really isn't Jalen Brown getting paid three hundred and four million. It's the Celtics had to pay Jalen Brown $304 million. They had absolutely no other option. And that's a lie. Everyone has other options. The other option the Celtics had was to not pay him and let Jalen Brown walk for nothing. Jalen Brown, one of the best players, or one of the best young players in the NBA. The second, the second. The Robin on the Celtics, which, of course, as we've seen, the Celtics get at least all the way to an NBA Finals just two years ago. The Celtics 
There was really nothing else. I mean, outside of letting him walk for nothing, which is the last thing you want to do, especially for a player as good as Jalen Brown, the Celtics were pretty pretty much backed themselves into a corner. I will say this, though. Kendrick Perkins said this, and, 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 I, and I agree wholeheartedly. One is very, I don't know, it's very hard to trade this this contract. Now, again, you can trade them to a team that maybe isn't competing for anything uh, and, and just trying to get off contracts. But then again, it, it maybe just needs a star. But then again, that is tough. To sign a player or to trade for a player that has limitations. I, I, he can't go left. Let's just be real. Sign him to a, you know. But the Celtics had to do it. And trust me, this is, this, you're going to see a lot more contracts like this for players that you may feel don't deserve contracts like this. Because of the new CBA and because of the new stipulations to what you have to do and what you have to accomplish to make an All-NBA team. One of the biggest reasons why Jalen Brown got this deal was because someone like John Morant did not, did not qualify for an All-NBA team. Talent-wise, he definitely deserved to be an All-NBA team last year. He didn't qualify. Because he, he missed... Uh, too many games someone like a a Anthony Davis didn't qualify that is now I think you have to pay uh, 62 or 65 games that is going to hurt a lot someone like a Paul George didn't qualify someone like a, a Kawhi Leonard didn't qualify that's going to change the way you know we look at all NBA teams now someone that maybe you would never think be an all NBA team qualified because somebody else didn't. So now, once you make an all NBA team, you're eligible for a Supermax. This is definitely so. I don't think that Jalen Brown is going to be the richest contract in NBA history for long, but there was really nothing the Celtics could have done except for let him go. And don't get me wrong, I don't know with the limitations and the very similar skill sets that him and Jason Tatum have. I don't know if the Celtics with them with, with those two leading the pack. Don't give me don't don't let me don't get me wrong. I know how great Jason Tatum is. I know how great Jalen Brown is. I know that Jalen Brown could be in a similar situation that Jordan Poole was in as far as I think Jordan Poole is going to flourish with the Wizards. I don't think that it's going to really amount to winning because the Wizards aren't really a good team. And I don't really think they're interested in winning right now. But the Wizards are going to Jordan Poole, being, that being his team and, and the Wizards, you know, him having the ultimate green light, I think is going to benefit Jordan Poole greatly. I think that the same can be said for Jalen Brown. I think if you put Jalen Brown on someone like the Rockets or, 
you know, a, a team that might not really be the, 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 the Charlotte Hornets. I think they'll be interesting. And I think Jalen Brown would, would put, I mean, he averages last season, he averaged 26.6 points a game on the Celtics. Just imagine what he'd do when he's a number one. Now, again, I don't think that him being a number one will lead to championships, but I do think that he could flourish on a team by himself. But even with that being said, I understand how good Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are together. So do the Celtics. And the Celtics don't want to break that up for nothing. Let me say that. The Celtics don't want to just let a player that good walk for nothing because you didn't want to pay him. And you could afford him. Yes, that 304 is daunting. And it's definitely going to affect the way that the team is built moving forward. But, again, what could the Celtics do? And I also agree with Kendrick Perkins and said, the Celtics are expecting more than one championship out of this deal. Because, trust me, Jason Tatum is coming quite next. Jason Tatum is one of the best players in the league. You think he's not going to demand or, or warrant a Supermax? I... The Celtic, I think that this will be a drastic failure if we look up two, three, four, maybe even five years from now, and the Celtics don't have a championship. And honestly, I think this might be a failure if the Celtics don't have more than one. I understand you never know how the the, the league is going to go. You never know what's going to, I mean, hell, nobody thought when the offseason started, that Bradley Bill would see himself in a Phoenix Suns jersey. Or Chris Ball, Chris Paul would see himself in a Golden State Warriors jersey. Nobody thought that was going to happen. But I do know this. You don't pay somebody $304 million and don't expect to make a playoff or don't expect to make the NBA Finals. Especially with the moves you made, you give up... Uh, What's his name? Grant Hill, Grant Williams. You give up Marcus Smart for Christoph Porzingis, pretty much. You don't make those moves expecting to not be at at minimum the NBA Finals, and that's minimum. So congratulations to Jalen Brown, man. I'm not hating on him. I don't. I may not think he's worth that, but. I'm happy that he did get paid that, and I'm happy that he, again, you're only worth what you can negotiate. And he was able to negotiate $304 million. Shouts out to him, man. Let's move forward. Football's hard, man. (laughs) Football is hard, bro. And... That's one of the biggest reasons why I've only, I only played one year. I know you're, you're you're looking at me and probably look at my size or whatever and and think that I should be on the football field. Uh, okay, uh, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't like getting hit. I don't like it. You have to be. I, you have to be a certain type of crazy, and I, I mean that very respectfully. You have to be a certain type of crazy to want to play football, to want to get hit, to want to deliver hits. 
I don't, you know, that ain't me. <laughs> That's not me in the slightest. Um, and you know football is hard because practice is hard. I mean, this all stems from, of course, with a new, you know, training camp or, you know, training camp is open now. And now you're seeing players like Joe Burrow go down with a calf, calf strain. Um, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, he has to have surgery. He luckily, I think they said his ACL is, is is intact, but he has to have surgery, so he's gonna miss majority of the season. I think they're saying he could be back or trying to be back by December. This is practice. Garrett Wilson got hurt. Uh look, man, <laughs> I am not a football player. I will never say that I am a football player. I will never lie and say. I want to be a football player. I don't. So I not and kudos to them. I think that you know, of course, injuries affect can affect everything. And I mean, the the obviously the the Bengals are drastically different with Joe Burrow and without Joe Burrow. We saw that. Um, we saw that when Joe Burrow went out his rookie year, and they were able to get someone as good as Jamar Chase. You know, you are they especially when especially Joe Burrow is one of the best players in football. And they're saying that you know, just a cash rain he should be okay, luckily, you know, good, but Jalen Ramsey. The Dolphins are drastically different with and without Jalen Ramsey. He's still one of the best defensive players in football. Now yes, you have Tua, you have Tyreek Hill, you have Jalen Waddle, you know, you have that vaunted offense. But pairing Jalen Ramsey next to Xavier Howard is. And now we have to wait to see that until December. It, uh, it It's tough. It's tough. But that's that's football for you, man. That's why it's very hard to. To predict football, that's why it's very hard because – and that's, again, goes back to our first point or goes back to our first topic, man. Football is a dangerous sport. You can you can have a season-ending injury off the – or in practice. Hell, uh, was it Naheem Hines? He had a, uh, a speedboat accident, and he's out for the season. And now I think that he's in a dispute with the Bills because I don't think the Bills are trying to pay him this year because you got hurt off the field, you know, or out of – off of the team facilities. It's tough, man. One thing I do want to talk about, though, Justin Herbert just got paid. Justin Herbert signed, I think, the richest, well, right now is like one of the richest contracts, if not the richest contract, as far as average salary in NFL history. He got paid five years, $262.5 million. Now, like I said, and I've been saying this all, all day, value. What the Chargers did, and you knew it was coming, so I'm not like, fretting them I'm not saying that they shouldn't have done this but what the Chargers did was they p- 
paid. They did something that is very risky. You pay someone off sheer talent, not uh, off of what you've done. Meaning, Justin Herbert hasn't really done anything in the league. We know how talented he can be. We know that as a sheer talent, Justin Herbert is one of the most talented players in football. We know that Justin Herbert has the talent to be a top two or top three quarterback in the league. Arm strength and, and accuracy. We know Justin Herbert. But with Justin Herbert, we also know that he had, what, a 21-point lead in a playoff game against Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars and ultimately lost. In fact, now that I'm really sitting here thinking about it, I don't believe Justin Herbert has won a playoff game yet. So what the Chargers did is they paid. You understand that it's coming, pause. You understand that. Players like a Justin Herbert, players like a Joe Herb, Joe Joe Burrow, you're gonna have to pay them. And while yes, again, you're only as good as you're only as worth what you can negotiate. He was able to negotiate five year, two hundred sixty two point five million. But again, you're also paying somebody for their talent and the potential. Like, think about it. Do you think that the Chargers, not the Chargers, the Chiefs would be so eager to pay Patrick Mahomes if he never won a Super Bowl, but he was just that talented? Again, I know the uh, the, the saying is it's a quarterback-driven league. But I'm also, and, I, and I'm not saying Justin Herbert has to has to win a Super Bowl. I know how tough it is to win a Super Bowl. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. I know how tough it is to win a Super Bowl. But at least win a playoff game before you pay someone the amount of money that you're paying Justin Herbert. And I love Justin Herbert, man. He's an Oregon product. People know I'm a fan of Oregon, probably because of the jerseys. <laughs> and it could, but he's one of the best quarterbacks in Oregon history. And this is a team that had Marcus Mariota going crazy and won a Heisman. I'm not saying he's better than Marcus Mariota. I'm just saying. I don't know, man. I just need to. I I have no problem paying Justin Herbert. No problem at all. But I just win a playoff game. I don't think the Raven. I don't think Lamar Jackson would really have a case or would have had a case if he at least didn't win a playoff game. And Justin Herbert hasn't done that. Yes, one of the most talented quarterbacks, one of the most talented players in football has yet to win a playoff game. That's all I'm saying. But, hey, I'm not hating. Shouts out to Justin Herbert for signing pretty much the richest contract in NFL history. So, well-deserved, I guess. Um, I'll stay on this quickly. Let's go over to college for a little bit. Michigan's uh, John Harbaugh is pretty much going to be suspended four games for violating NCAA rules. 
Uh, I think when it comes to practices or recruiting or something like that, he broke a rule. I think he was in contact with somebody or he was practicing when he wasn't supposed to be practicing or something like that. Let me tell you something. If you think that this is going to prevent anybody from breaking an NCAA rule that would ultimately help them win, then you're sadly mistaken. I mean, wasn't Michigan just <laughs> wasn't Michigan just in the uh the final four? No, they lost. Yeah, no, they were. Something like that. Four games ain't nothing, especially when you have a when the beginning of your schedule is pretty light. That's what I'm saying. It's, and I don't think I don't think that whatever John Harbaugh did warrant a serious serious punishment. But nobody is going to take the NCAA and their punishment seriously if it ultimately helps you win in the now. I will take a four-game suspension if it means that I can ensure that my team at least has a chance to make the college football playoffs. Like, what are we talking about, bro? All I got to do is set out four games against Chattanooga, like against UTEP. Okay. Look, I'm not saying it's cheating. I understand that it's an NCAA rule or whatever. But if you're not doing the what, – what John Harbaugh did, obviously, or Jim Harbaugh, I'm sorry, what he did was he put his team in the best position to win, which cost, only cost him four games. It's not like they're taking away – they're vacating wins. No, it's just he's out four games. And I'm sure, and, and he, I think Jim Harbaugh even said, I didn't, you know, I'm not even, it is what it is. He didn't say it is what it is, but I think he said pretty much something like, um, there's no, you know, it is what it is. I I think he said, I do it again, dude. It sucks that you're suspended four games, but. When you have a team as good as Michigan, and let me see who their first. Let me see who their first few games are. Their first four games. Let me. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm looking up Michigan's first uh, four games to see just how much that'll hurt. Okay, so Michigan's. <laughs> Michigan's first four games is Eastern Carol East Carolina, uh, UNLV, the f- the football, not the basketball, uh, Bowling Green and Rutgers. Yeah, man. If I'm if I'm Jim Harbaugh, all right, four games. It is what it is. Chalk it up. The fuck. What is four games, bro? Again, what whatever he did, I think it was they were practicing legally or something. It ensured them at least a spot or a chance to make the college football playoffs, and that's what everyone wants. So 
I'd do it again if I were him. So, it is what it is. Lastly, before we go, uh, the news broke that Colorado is breaking off from the Pac-12 and going to the Big 12 in, I think, 2024. Uh, Again, man, this is yet another... The Pac-12... I don't think the Pac-12 is going to be able to survive. I think that the Pac-12 and uh, other conferences are going to have to merge with somebody else. I don't think... I think that you're seeing time and time again... I mean, USC is about to leave. So, so... I think they they left. I think UCLA is is gone too. Oh no! I think UCLA is is possibly leaving too. So it's like Oregon, as good as Oregon has been, they're they they're not good enough to to keep to to hold the conference up by their shoulders. In fact, fun fact, I put money. You can't name me five. Maybe six, unless you're an avid fan. But you can't name me. I, I'm, let me say this. I bet money that the an average fan, right, an average fan that probably watches college football every weekend, I put money you can't name me seven Pac-12 schools. That's, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I, I understand why. Colorado did what they did. Why am I? Why would I stay in a conference where I can get more? I understand Colorado came from the Big Twelve to go to Pac twelve, but it's just like the Pac twelve is dying. Smaller conferences are dying. The Sun Belt Conference they're dying. I think we're 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 getting as we're getting closer and closer to a super conference or suit like two super conferences. I don't think you know. It's it's crazy, man. Because, I mean, even the ACC. The ACC is done for if Clemson ever wakes up and thinks, well, we're already in the South. You know, uh, what's the point of being an ACC and our biggest game is against Florida State, is against North Carolina? Why don't we just... Make our way over to the SEC because we're already in the South. I kind of understand why the, you know, Clemson wouldn't do that, but I also understand why they would. More exposure. I mean, Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma and Texas going to SEC is going to be big for them as far as, um, as far as exposure, as far as, uh, you know, money and 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 playing cute big games, but <laughs> you th- look. I, I understand Texas used to be a powerhouse. I understand that Oklahoma used to be a powerhouse, but it's it's different playing. Let's see, a in Auburn. Go, Auburn one one week next week got to go play you know got to go play a I don't know Arkansas then you got to go play Tennessee and then you got to go play Alabama that's gonna be tough that's 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 a tough one man but I get it you know I understand Colorado 
they they were trash last year. Let's be let's keep it a bean. They were trash last year, and really, the biggest reason why we're talking about Colorado is because of prime time. Is because of Deion Sanders is there, but kind of like it's kind of like the argument that they have with HBCUs. Can you hold? Can an HBCU hold someone with a st- like a five star athlete? Do they have the resources? Do they have the ability to? to hold to have a zion williamson come to the school or have a i don't know lebron james or something come to their school colorado they need to pay they they need to find a way to pay the bill for Deion sanders and the best way to do that is to leave a pac-12 a conference that in my humble opinion is kind of dying and go to a, a a more sustainable conference. So, I get it, man. I get it. And I'm interested to see. I don't know how. I mean, I'm interested to see what Colorado looks like this year. I mean, they were god-awful last year. So, and of course, we know the Deion Sanders, what, what he does when he gets on a team. So, I, I'm interested to see what, what, what they look like. Um, but... And I'm also interested to see maybe two, three years from now what the Pac-12 looks like. Because right now it's, it's what, USC and Oregon and UCLA. Yeah. But there you have it. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Um, if you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. I'm still trying to get to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. I am so, so close. Under 200. Uh anything will help man uh subscribe to the socials subscribe to twitter subscribe not twitter no (laughs) instagram uh subscribe to tiktok i post pretty much daily again i have been gone for about two weeks i was on a break uh due to my birthday uh, and i am back and the content will start flowing yet again and i do appreciate all the love that i've got with the old episodes old content old videos on youtube so um yeah, I definitely appreciate everybody, man. Uh, and thank you for your patience. Uh, I'm back. Uh, and until next time, much love.